All right, welcome back to the Los Links Talk Show. Uh, uh, so the Links season continues to roll on. We have uh, made it to July, and uh, this week, special guest on the show. This this episode of Los Links Talk Show, we have Katie Davidson on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you, Neil. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're um, we're chilling in uh, Katie's beautiful apartment. You know, we're hanging <laughs> out. We. Um, you know, I like to set the scene a little bit, and as an audio professional, I, uh, I like carpet. I like carpet. <laughs> I like, um, you know, I like a sofa. I like a throw pillow. I like a blanket because it soaks up all the sound. This this is going to be oh, the best sounding yeah. podcast you've probably ever heard. You know, you record in a you know, big you know, space with hardwood floors and big high ceilings. It might look nice, but bad for sound. So I like, I like the situation we have going here right now. Glad we could accommodate. So. <laughs> We're chilling here with Katie. We're going to talk about, you know, the last few weeks of Lynx basketball and look ahead a little bit. We've got injuries to talk about. We've got Euro basket to talk about. Lots of stuff like that, as we normally do. Keeping you updated on the Lynx uh, here on the Los Lynx Talk Show. But first, I want to talk a little about Katie. She's uh, new to the to the media uh, section this year, and uh, as we do on the show, we want to get to know some of these people a little bit, you know, because we're all friendly people, most of us anyway, I think, right? <laughs> the media section, would you say it's a overall a friendly bunch? I don't know. I think overall sports media is maybe a little grumbly, right? Yeah, that hasn't been my impression so far with the link speed, but um, no, everyone's been great so far. It does take a while to get to know people and it's sort of a interesting situation of like people we're all working you know what I mean so it's like that kind of comes first but you want to get to know people Mm -hmm. and hang out too so it's kind of a situation like that but yeah Katie Katie's um a Minnesotan from Crookston way way up north (laughs) way up north Katie what was it like to grow up in Crookston um Crookston's pretty small it's about 8,000 people I think I graduated with 103 kids so and that was big for high school yeah (laughs) um but no it was I mean it's tough because you're far away from a lot of stuff it's a five-hour drive to get to the cities I still I still see say the cities the cities cities. cities. yep you live here but it's the cities but you said nearby Grand Forks yeah yeah. Grand Forks I mean it's 22,000 people that's where you go to like shop and eat but how far is that uh it's about 30 minutes easy no traffic. Nice. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Crookston was good because I could be involved in whatever I wanted to be involved in and play all the sports I wanted to. So. And Katie is a basketball player herself. <laughs> she is a baller. Uh, I haven't witnessed it, but I've heard. I've heard about it. You know what I mean. So, what what kind of player were you? Played in high school. So, like, what what was your game like? If you had to give the Katie Davidson scattering report, what would it be? You know, I probably should have. Um, a WNBA comparison, but mm. the last time someone asked me what, who I compared my game to, I said Marcus Smart, but Ooh. not quite as insane <laughs> as he is. I was more definitely more of a defensive force than nice. um, a scoring option. So yeah, yeah. So you're, so you're hounding the other team's point guards and stuff, and yeah. So how, how did you learn to play defense? Was it just like you always had like a like a high motor or whatever? Did someone like teach yeah. you? Like, here's how you lock someone up. No, I, I think. Um, I've re- definitely resonated with co- what Coach Reef has said. Just as far as defense doesn't take a lot of talent, it's yeah. more about effort and yeah. hustle and finding the angles. And I don't know. I, I just I loved playing defense. She's so. a de- she's a defensive guard <laughs> out here. Um, that's cool. And then what's it been like to move to the Twin Cities? What's the the, the cities? So you're, you're here. You're living here now. You yeah. did it. What's it, what's it been like? What's your experience with the Twin Cities been like? I love it down here. I mean, I 
have no um no, no yeah i'm not planning on moving back to northwest minnesota um anytime soon um just so much to do i mean just the fact that you can go to a lynx or timberwolves game any night doesn't have to be planned that's pretty special um obviously just more to do here more yeah. shopping more restaurants to visit and everything like that so and i think we, we were talking a little bit um off mic and you mentioned the timberwolves and i feel like that is you know kind of a way that people get into the links mm-hmm. is by you know, maybe growing up with the wolves or, or following the nba and then you know seeing oh yeah there's also an awesome WNBA here right checking that out <laughs> but what was growing up being a wolves fan like for you who were some of your favorite players or teams or years like what do you think about when you think about like growing up as a Wolves fan in Minnesota? I remember having a poster of Kevin Garnett, obviously, <laughs> Wally Zerbiak, uh, Sam Cassell, and Latrell Sprewell up in my bedroom. I think it was from like the Scholastic Book Fair when I was oh, maybe classic, like yes. in elementary school. Um, That's an but, inspirational saying, <laughs> I had a t-shirt of KG, like um, some like cartoon figure of him from his MVP season I don't know I think every basketball fan from Minnesota grew up loving Kevin Garnett I think it's probably illegal to dislike him yeah you have to kick you out if you you don't like KG (laughs) so yeah so KG was the guy for you for sure yeah Yeah. well he's a great defender as well right and I again I was not quite that animated or (laughs) insane as a player like Kevin Garnett is no didn't do that but no I definitely respect his defensive game as all basketball fans do one of the best ever yeah one of the best defenders ever and yeah yeah, it was amazing so yeah that's that's very it's a very typical Minnesota story of like Kevin Garnett and the Wolves that was it because that's really been it yeah it's not like other choices from there yeah there's not many other choices right (laughs) it's like unless like your favorite you know was like you know maybe you go with Marbury or you know maybe a little bit younger you know you could do something like that but yeah it's essentially like kind of right now kind of starts and ends with KG Mm -hmm. but we got a new we got Carl Anthony Towns now I mean the Kevin Love years were good too and he's kind of you know for a while was like the second best player in franchise history but I think you know Carl is surplant or usurped him and now you know will continue to you know stake his claim for you know the second best uh Timberwolf ever um but you're also a Wiggins fan you're one of the very few (laughs) Andrew Wiggins fans you're kind of known for this you're kind of known for your affinity of Andrew Wiggins um like on Twitter and stuff like people will like tag you and stuff or whatever Mm -hmm. like you're kind of you're kind of the the last person on Wiggins Island at this point so where does the love from Wiggins (laughs) come and like again I'm not I'm not saying that like you're you're wrong here but I think like (laughs) <laughs> overall feelings about Wiggins have soured. Um, you know, he did not get traded as we record this uh, at free agency or anything. So as we know right now, he will be on the team next year. But like, so how do you feel about him? Where are you? Where do we stand right now? Right now. Um, July 3rd. <laughs> I still would like to see him play a full season without Jimmy Butler I or see. Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau um, with Ryan Saunders and Gerson. But um I don't know. I think I will. I think I'm one of the few people who still wants to see him with the Wolves for one more season. Um, but I would just. I still think he has such a high ceiling, and I'm not oh, ready yeah. ready to give up on that. And um, but on, I've been trying to like tweet less about the Wolves as I'm covering the Lynx when it's they're actually playing, especially um, sharing my fandom for Andrew Wiggins. But uh, Sunday. 
yeah, that was when free it was agency. free agency yeah. opened up. Yeah. yeah, I got a little bit out of control. <laughs> Uh, watched some Andrew Wiggins highlights while I was a little bit afraid that he was going to be oh, included in yeah. some kind of trade. Yeah. But um, no, I I guess I would, I just want to see him be successful somewhere. Um, feel like that might not happen with the Wolves anymore. But um, it's just so hard because he he's never done anything wrong. He's never, you know, he's never been on the wrong side of the law or, you know, all by all accounts, he's just super nice and keeps to himself and, you know, all that Canadian stuff. Like it's all good. Like that's the thing is it'd be a lot easier on everybody if he was a jerk. And I'm (laughs) kind of drawn. Yeah, exactly. And I'm kind of drawn to players who on the court, you can never tell like whether they're winning or losing. He's kind of the extreme (laughs) as far as uh, being criticized for sometimes being disengaged with the game. But I don't know. I just really respect players who are able to um, keep their composure throughout the game. And well, it looks like you're gonna get your wish. Fe- feels like again at this point that we're gonna get another <laughs> year of Andrew Wiggins. And hey, maybe this will be the year that it all clicks for him, and he has a great offseason, adding muscle <laughs> and getting stronger and improving his game. You know, uh, those things could be happening right now as we record this. He's in the weight room right now. You know, so we're gonna hope for those things as Wolves fans. And you know, to hey, because the best version of the Wolves probably happens if Wiggins turns out to be, you know, living up to somewhat of his contract. So, like, that, (laughs) for real, like, yeah, you can move on from him and get someone else in here, but you're still going to have to, like, pay pay assets to get rid of his contract. So, really, like, the best scenario for the Wolves is for him to, like, turn it around and actually play well and not need to be traded. So, that's, I think, like, the easiest way. Everyone should be rooting for Andrew Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Well, if uh, if you have any Andrew Wiggins feelings, tweet them at Katie. She'll get <laughs> right back to you. <laughs> She's into that. Um, okay, let's uh, let's switch over to the links now. And um, since we last recorded, since the last Los Links talk show, a bunch of stuff has happened. The team is now seven and six on the season as we record this, and um, they are three and four since our last show. Uh, they had a three-game losing uh, streak. Uh, well, we had a four-game losing streak, but three on this show to uh, New York, Connecticut, Vegas. Then they had a little two-game win streak, New York Liberty and uh, Indiana Fever. And then they just uh, split games with Dallas and Atlanta. But injuries are really, unfortunately, where we have to start uh, today because they have, um, you know, obviously we had the Simone thing and, you know, Karima was kind of in and out. But, um, you know, now we have um, kind of the worst case scenario for Karima with the with the surgery, second surgery on her microfracture repaired knee from a year ago. So she will essentially miss her second straight season. And that's just super hard for the Lynx. Yeah. No, I can't imagine what it's like to go through that whole rehabilitation Mm -hmm. process and then just to have to go through it again. And um, I mean, it's been out there too that she missed a couple games for personal reasons uh, I believe her grandmother passed away this season so it's just been tough for her and I haven't really gotten to know Karima as much as some of the other players just because she has been um, out for a lot of games but um, I know media day she just talked about how excited she was to be in Minnesota because of one um, coach Reeve just instilled so much confidence in her um, and obviously she's gotten along with the players too and just the facilities that, and just being with Mayo Clinic, and she thought that she'd be able to get to her best game, um, and that didn't really pan out the way that she had hoped. Yeah, so. for her personally, for sure. That's that, yeah, that's crazy too. Yeah, like you're saying, like to have the re-surgery and essentially to have to miss two straight seasons is crazy. I mean, that doesn't 
just, you don't really see that in any mm-hmm. sports across sports and obviously the micro fracture is very complicated and you do have this risk of needing to do that again but yeah you're right we haven't really got to speak to Karima much and mm-hmm. you know by all accounts she's she's great and yeah, I think she fits the the vibe of the team and the Lynx culture really well but yeah. um it's kind of to me she was someone I was just looking so much so much forward to seeing because after the Maya news came out, it was sort of like Karima was kind of signed after that. And it was like, okay, this is going to hopefully be a you know 80% replacement of Maya Moore or whatever you right. think. And so I thought of her as a starter and a two-way player who's going to be able to hit threes and get to the free throw line and defend and all these things. And then just to kind of have it be not, like a zero for this year is like just so shocking. But, you know, they signed her to a three-year deal. So she'll be back, you know, right. I think, uh, unless they move her or whatever. But, you know, so there will be future times, I guess, for Karima. But it's just really hard for this season and for the Lynx to really reach the heights that they could. Exactly. And I hope the fans don't give up on her either right. because I don't think um, we saw her best no. at yeah, all this no. season. And Monday's announcement that she was going to have surgery, obviously, um, assured that because she's obviously been dealing with pain throughout the year and you could even see on the floor even when she played yeah. she was kind of you know it seemed uncomfortable it seemed unsure of the leg right. would come down awkwardly sometimes be like oh no what happens mm-hmm. you go down and stuff so you could see she had the huge brace with the you know yep. with the screen on it and stuff like those were not good signs and it was but again it's like hard to come back from such a huge knee injury so it's For not sure. like this is shocking but right. at the same time it's sad that it has to be a whole other year Definitely. Um, okay, so Karima, she's out. Um, Simone, she'll be back soon. Simone, by all accounts, mm-hmm. um, we're hearing now that Simone could potentially return before the All Star break, which is like three weeks away from when we record this. So, I don't know. What do you think about that? Is Simone finally being back into the fold because she, you know, I think she hasn't played a game, right? She is not even <laughs> in the preseason, right? Like, so yeah. you know that that's something that Simone's been dealing with, also with the knee. So, what 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 do you think is you know what what can we expect Simone to bring? bring back I mean when she comes back like what what does she bring to the team I think just that steadiness um obviously the veteran experience she's (laughs) been with the team the longest compared to anyone else on the current roster um especially they could use that during I mean their six losses on the season have been decided by five points or less so I think just having someone who's been there in crunch time and can just kind of like bring an ease to all of her teammates um that could definitely be useful. And of course, um, her actual skills. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see what, what she has this year. It's just, and it's going to be, you know, obviously we don't want to judge it right away. She's coming off the, you know, again, the surgery and stuff and, you know, it'd probably take her a while to kind of round into form, but you know, maybe in August she'd be, she'd be back to Simone, um, Simone's normal, normal self. But I think more than anything, it sort of just sets the, roster and the rotation kind of back where it needs to be now mm-hmm. this is uh coming off a night where you know we saw steph talbot go crazy for career high <laughs> 24 points five threes looks amazing looks right. like hey we're good right we got steph talbot but uh this was an anomaly of a performance for her right like uh and and she's she's probably should not be a starter in this league right she she's right. probably best served coming off the bench um you know and but who knows maybe maybe we'll continue to be the steph talbot show the rest of the year and she'll stay there <laughs> and simone will be slow to get back and maybe off the bench is her best situation we'll yeah. find out but i think like it's just going to be nice to have options a little bit because right now sure. they're even with the injury replacement players who we'll talk about here in a moment they're still kind of it feels like they're still short-handed <laughs> Oh, for sure. <laughs> it still feels yeah. that way, even though they're back to 10, right? Right. No, it's it's been kind of crazy. But, I mean, with Simone, I know 
Um, obviously everyone wants to see her on the court as soon as possible, but she like last night, I think I saw, um, I didn't ask her about this, so I'm not sure specifically, but I I think the, in the second half at some point, Reeve was upset with the team for something. I don't know. She was upset for the majority of the first half, but, um, and she just said, Simone, you go talk to them. And Simone's typically, it looks like the first person who in a timeout, she huddles up the players and she gives the first words to them kind of maybe settles them down a little bit. And then Reeve comes and (laughs) talks to them. Um, but I, I think she's just been kind of a calming presence. Sounds like from what I've heard from a lot of players, she adds a little bit of humor into yes. what she's saying on the bench, <laughs> which they appreciate. But um, she's it sounds like she's served that role. She really, might be really the, well. the you're saying she might be the the, the ice to to <laughs> show Reeves fire. <laughs> Only usually it's the other way around, right? You bring the fire and then you cool yeah, them down yeah. with the ice. Where you're saying Good like she primes top. them yeah. for the fire <laughs> by cooling them down. But yeah, Simone's hilarious. She's always such a character. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Dantas is the other one that's kind of like that one kind of came out of nowhere. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like it was like unlike you know Simone and and Karima who are kind of like dealing with these issues. It kind of feels like that one came out of nowhere. Yeah, it kind of was happened in a game, tweaked it in a game, maybe. Yeah, I what don't it, even. Calf? Calf, it was calf her calf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and she, I think she had 15 points in the last game she played before um, sitting out, but. I've really enjoyed Demiris too. Um, again, going back to uh, how I enjoy players who stay pretty poised throughout yeah. the game, don't show um, or keep their composure. She's just been really steady, especially in the fourth quarter too. Um, I don't know. She's just very versatile, can defend, can shoot the three. Um, <laughs> that's been great. Yeah, but she's definitely, that's a tough loss for them. Um I I think Reeve said last night that she's hoping she'll be back before the All-Star break too, but haven't given specific dates or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it was so. crazy to see her in the boot too. Like I know. That, that was another thing too where, I don't know, we're no doctors, yeah. but it seems with a muscle injury, it seems weird to have the boot. Right. <laughs> like I and feel like boot is more of like a broken thing. Not, not that there's a secret broken ankle happening here, but I'm just saying like it seems like an extreme precaution for uh, yeah, something. Yeah, no, that I did not expect that. Especially yeah. last Thursday's practice, um, re- she Demir set out for that practice, but – Reeve expected her to play on uh-huh. Sunday against Dallas, and then we get the press release that, or the injury update that she's not in. So, I don't know. That was kind of a surprise, but yeah. So you know, and and with Dantas, you know, she's been very solid this year defensively, and like you said, from three, you know, obviously that's been great. And it's hard to, it's hard again. Everyone kind of has to move up a slot, you mm-hmm. know, with that whole situation. And, and Nafisa Kali has been, she's been great, you know, and she can oh, play yeah. the three, she can play the four, she's flexible with that kind of stuff. So, you know, she can do that. Um, but it's, it's you'd rather have Dantas, I think, in there, especially what she's shown so mm-hmm. far this season. It's not, it's not a thing of like, oh, we're hoping Dantas comes around. So she's already kind of shown that she can really fit well with the team. Yeah. So far, I mean. The threes alone are are just so so huge for for Sill really right for yeah. spacing for no, Sill. That's ex- what it's all about. Exactly, yeah. She's oh, I think definitely opened it up more for Sill, and we've kind of seen that a little bit. Um, the two games without her too. Um, we'll get to Sill later, I'm guessing. But yeah. um, no, she's she's been really fun to watch, and I just hope the best for her. So. Yeah, and the All Star thing is kind of. Is, is an interesting marker, I think, because on one hand, it's like, okay, we hope to have both Simone and Dantas back before the All-Star break, 
but if you do after, you get like an extra week. You know what I mean? Right. You get, that's no, a big yeah. gap of time. So I can I can see some of these situations maybe push back to just beyond the Australia yeah. break because that's again, it's such a valuable sort of like you're not miss you get an entire week, but you don't have to miss no games. You know, right. it's like so maybe maybe we can see something like that. Um, but let's move to the injury replacements. So mm-hmm. the injuries happen. I don't. This can get really complicated in here because I don't know all the rules around the CBA with how the injury replacement players work and what their deals are and how long term they are or whatever. Like I'm sure they're relatively kind of short deals or whatever. But you know, so the team um, and and they got granted two injury exception Mm -hmm. rules. Which yesterday I was talking to Kent Youngblood, the Star Tribune. He says he's never seen that (laughs) in the WNBA to get two. Okay. Um, And so basically, uh, how I understand it works is when you have a player like Kareem and Christmas Kelly who is ruled out essentially for the rest of the year, you can apply to the league to get an injury um, exemption or replacement player that it you know you can then you don't need to cut Kareem from your from your your books essentially. You don't need like wait her so another team can pick her up but yet she doesn't count as one of your players so gotcha. um so the links uh bring in asia taylor um who been with the team of the past drafted by the links i believe mm-hmm. uh which year 20 2014 yes yes so, so links fans probably have seen asia taylor around you know not, not any big moments that i can really remember from the years yeah. prior but was on the roster some rosters and stuff like that and then um, Kanisha Bell, mm-hmm. who Lynx fans love. Lynx fans love <laughs> their former Gophers. Has yet to go into a game and not <laughs> receive a standing ovation. Yes. So. yes, she's one of the best players in the league, obviously. <laughs> um, Kanisha Bell. So um, two players in the fold. So a little bit more, um, you know, sort of end of the bench uh, padding there to make sure that you, you have more than eight players on your roster. So. Well, I don't know. What do, what do we think of these players? What do we? What can we expect from them? What are you thinking about when it comes to these two players and their additions to the team right now? Um, I'm obviously not as familiar with either of their games just because of their limited time with the Lynx and yeah. how they lined up with my um, actual coverage of the Lynx. But I know Reeve just said um, to us yesterday she wanted to find people who were familiar with the system and who have been um, with the Lynx before. Obviously not super familiar. I mean, Kanisha has been there um, about a month ago, not for a super long time. So she knows these players a little bit. Um, And Asia Taylor would have just played with Simone because Sylvia didn't come until 2015 when she was waived. Um, But she at least knows what the links are about, how they run everything. Um, I don't know. It sounded like... Reeve had a funny quote yesterday just about how eager uh, Asia was to be back with the team, even if it is temporary, um, and just said that when she called Taylor on, it must have been either Saturday or Sunday before their game in Dallas, uh, Asia said that she had just bought a scooter (laughs) and wanted to see if she could um, meet them in Dallas from Columbus, Ohio, her hometown where she's been training and working out and meet them for their game in Dallas on Sunday um, on her scooter. scooter. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, awesome. but yeah, she, she's been, um, great in the two times I've talked to her so far and again, just very eager to play. Kanisha, um, talked to a little bit in preseason and I, I was just really impressed with how she handled the whole situation. Um, Obviously was confident about her game, but kind of knew the reality of probably not going to make the regular season roster. And obviously she's put in work in this past month. Otherwise, Reeve would not have called on her to 
come up. So. Yeah, I got to be ready because that's that was probably discussed as well. Like, you right. know, hey, you're cut right now, but if we have injuries, you're, yeah. you're probably one of our first calls, you right. know, so that's cool that she could be ready and, you know, still be around, be in the States and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully these players don't have to play much because if they do, that means bad things have happened. Exactly. <laughs> <other> starters <laughs> and stuff like that. So I guess in a way, hopefully we don't see them too much on the floor, but right. it seems like two kind of capable, um, you know, stopgap players if they do need to go to them. And that's kind of, again, what it's about. It's not necessarily that these players are going to be contributing to the win the potential wins and losses going forward but they are there in, in case of emergency you know and mm-hmm. that's huge because again they played in dallas with eight players and that's you know that's intense yeah. like that is crazy so and uh, shouting i don't think she had scored a point before sunday yeah she yeah was yes. in there so yeah so yeah so some, some new players on the team and then i guess this easily leads us into the next topic of Eurobasket, mm-hmm. which is happening as we record this right now in like Belarus or no, I'm not sure where it's happening. It's uh, happening in Europe. Eurobasket happens in Europe, folks. Um, <laughs> in an undisclosed, undisclosed location. No, it's happening. Um, it's somewhere east, Eastern Europe, I think though. Um, but anyway, uh, two Lynx uh, players or two, I guess uh, Chechi is not technically signed to any team right now, but I think the Lynx like have her rights or something like that. So uh, uh, Cecilia Zandalasi uh, playing for Italy and uh, Temi Fagbenle playing for Great Britain. Um, Italy eliminated on the second uh, earlier in the week, so Jetsy's done and uh, Temi is moving on to like the semifinals or something. So <laughs> Temi and Great Britain will continue to play. The whole tournament wraps up, I think, on the 6th of July. So coming up really soon, that whole thing will be done and the European players come back over, join the WNBA. Uh, from what I've heard, it seems like Temi is a lock to come yeah. on back. She's 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 gonna be back in the fold, backing up Sill. Lynx fans know her well. She's played with the team, I believe, the last two years, and I, I don't know, I've really really enjoyed her game. She's she seems um, she's always very prepared and very capable. You know, I think her international experience is huge because she hasn't really played a lot in the WNBA, but she's always, she always seems like she can hang. She always seems like she belongs to the WNBA. She's not this like fringe player who could maybe be replaceable, even though she's not around because of her international commitments. I feel like she is a kind of an underrated WNBA player because she's just not around that much. I don't know. What no, do you think about sure. Tammy and in, in, in her game? I think you can probably speak more on her, but yeah. it seems like she's pretty um, dedicated as far as um, staying up to date with the team yeah. during this time away. I spoke to her a little bit um, when she was done with Poland and here preseason before she went back to play with Great Britain and um, – she was just pretty set on coming back and being ready right away. I know she took some time um, off between her time with Poland and then coming back to the Lynx. Um, but I think she said that she was just going to be ready to go. Yeah. Right yeah, it does seem back, like so. she cares a lot about the Lynx and having this be her club team for the States. And I don't know, she's always very prepared, like I said. But then also, I think she's a very cerebral player. I think she's a very smart person. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think she sees and understands the game very well. Sometimes Cheryl will have comments about her not knowing the play or or not knowing what's going on or something like that which always kind of like strikes me because she does like single out Temi about that but I always kind of see Temi as this, as one of the better basketball IQ players on the team but uh, I don't know but I think like other than that that's kind of like the one knock I guess is sometimes Cheryl will say something like that like she didn't know where she was 
was supposed to be on that play or something like that. So, um, but overall, I think she's just a really solid player that, um, you know, we'll see what Elena Coates' um, future on the team will be after Temi comes back because that's kind of the spot right. that Coates has been occupying right now. And, you know, they made a trade to bring her in. They didn't give up too much to bring Coates in. And again, it gets complicated with, I'm not sure if they can cut her cut coats um i guess they can right they could do that just pay her and then the roster spot goes to temi um but um Chichili, i think is, is a more interesting situation um and again we're getting into some of the territory of cba and, and player uh, contracts i don't quite understand but um apparently the links have still two years of of sort of the rights to to Chechi, uh, essentially, she can't really play for another team, but she's also a free agent. So I don't really understand <laughs> how that works. Like, could she, she, like, maybe it's like restricted free agency or something in the NBA where it's essentially like if another team offers her a deal, like Minnesota has the rights of first refusal or whatever, you know? So maybe something like that. But the idea here is that maybe Chechi does not come over um, after Eurobasket here in order to preserve one of her years of eligibility, essentially. You can think of it sort of like college or whatever, where you have years of eligibility. Or you could bring her over now, have to clear a roster spot, mm-hmm. and have her play in the in the final what, 15 game, uh, 20 games of the year, maybe 15, yeah, 15, 20 games of the year. And, you know, who knows? Um, or you could just say, hey, just wait, stay overseas, and next year we'll, we'll, we'll bring you over. So I think that is, a, is the question right now. Yeah, and I believe then if they did that, she would be here the entire 2020 season. Yeah, is that, that makes correct? a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's the case because, I mean, she does have a European club team she plays for, which is sort of like a winter-spring thing. But then... I think this year is just so different with the Eurobasket thing and the international tournament where she plays for her home country, which she would not have next year. So, yeah, I think you'd have more availability for her. Like maybe she would come in at the end of training camp or something like that if she still had club, um, you know, stuff to do. But, um, yeah, I think it sort of makes sense in a way. But on the other hand, it's like if you want to optimize this season for as much as you can possibly get. and, And she's such a great shooter. I mean, she's she's an amazing shooter. It's her main skill. She, and frankly, she needs to get better at a lot of other points of the game. But she really is an extraordinary shooter and started a lot of games for the Lynx last year. Again, knows the team really well, knows the culture really well. So it's not about fit or anything like that. It's really kind of more of a behind-the-scenes contract situation, I feel like, with this, which kind of makes it hard because, A, we're saying we don't know that so much <laughs> about it, and, B, it's like we're not really privy to the you know stuff that's happening right. with all that. I assume she wants to come over. I don't know. Maybe she's cool with that. I mean, it, obviously, whatever they come to will probably be a mutual decision of, like, all right, what's best yeah. for both parties here. And, I mean, last night, I think um, Eric Beck from W... NBA or, Insider. Yep, yeah, he asked her or asked Coach Reeve about um, Chechi and her future with the team, and she said, yes, we've, of course, been in contact with her, and we have a plan, and that was about it. So I'm not really sure yeah. um, where it stands right now, but it sounds like they've been in constant communication. I think she said that she's going to let her enjoy this time with her team um, now that they've been eliminated. Um, but so sounds like they're in the works. Yeah, we'll see. And, yeah, again, if, if the team wants their absolute best – squad for this year Chechi's on that list for sure don't get me wrong but the question is what about sort of a thinking about the medium to long term here you know and sort of I feel like that is maybe where the decision might come in but so that's something to look for I mean we'll have news about that in the next couple days or next couple weeks probably within the week we'll know about the fates probably both these players will they be coming over again we assume Temi will be 
but Chechi is a question mark. Uh, we'll see about that. All right, let's talk a little bit to close up here about how the team's been playing, what about on the court <laughs> stuff. Let's move off the injuries. Let's move off the Euro basket. Let's talk about WNBA basketball. Um, you know, we mentioned the team, you know, three and four since our last show. They're seven and six right now. Um, but Katie, what would you say are some of the, you know, what are some of the issues or sort of the main topics about the last couple weeks of Lynx basketball and sort of looking forward as well? Yeah. So I think, um, year in Julian's podcast, you guys talked about how the defense was kind of pulling them through, um, a lot of their early games and now they've dropped slightly in defensive rating. I think they're fourth for both offensive and defensive rating right now. Um, I think last night again against the Atlanta Dream, who are two and nine now, so not exactly um, great way to compare how you're doing <laughs> yeah. amongst the league. But they struggled defensively in the first half, picked things up in the second half. Um, but again, it's just been kind of rocky again towards the end of the game. Um, Sunday, of course, they gave up the 22 point lead, um, which was tough and. They're shorthanded, but Dallas also only had nine players, I yeah. think. Um, but I don't know. It's just been – Reeve just said last night in the post-game press conference, just offense has improved. Their turnovers are down slightly. Um, yeah, that's been huge. They, I think they had the season-high assists last night too. Oh, wow. huh. um, but she, moving. <laughs> yeah, no, it that I think that's improved for sure. But defensively, she just said it's unacceptable. This little um, dip down to fourth. Yeah, <laughs> right from second. But um, she just said, like I mentioned before, defense defense doesn't take a ton of talent. It's just effort and hustle and communication, which they've kind of relied on, especially to start the season, just because of who they're playing without this season. So Yeah, so yeah, the defense has gone down a little bit. Offense has gone up. I'm really mm-hmm. surprised to see the fourth best offense in the league right now. For, <laughs> Me too. Uh, that, is, that is notable, especially given how this season started. Right. And it's really a you know, credit to the coaching staff and to the team for you know figuring it out really you know they mentioned they had days of practice you know they had a week last week and they had four days or three days of practice Mm -hmm. and so to be able to change what you're doing in the middle of a season is not easy and to make those changes on the fly when you don't have a lot of practice uh that's hard so it's cool that they've done this and and um and yeah it's been about that offense picking up that offense has been you know again they're just getting into transition a little bit more Mm -hmm. Um, Which is so fun to watch. So when fun they to watch with Odyssey and with with Danielle Robinson. Mm-hmm. You got you got to do that, right? Like it seems like it's that's come so natural to both of them that it's kind of surprising it took this right. long for that part to kind of come around. But then also, um, you know, I think getting in the free throw line a little bit more. You know, I think Odyssey has also been great at doing that, getting in the paint, mm-hmm. flying in some bodies, getting that getting that whistle call. You know, so. I think she's had yeah she didn't shoot a lot of them necessarily last night I don't think but the games prior to that she had like you know she had ten in Dallas she had like eight before that eight before that so right. the free throw attempts are also big she misses a lot of them unfortunately yeah but, hey the attempts are what we're looking at right I actually just wrote down this stat because I think they they shoot um, maybe this is maybe this was just for the fourth quarter they have the third third most attempts in the league wow. seventeen point yeah. nine per game. But they shoot the third worst percentage. Ooh, yeah. well, you can drill that. <laughs> drill that. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the personnel necessarily to, you know, knock down all those free throws. Daniel knocks down her free throws. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. But maybe yeah, more of a seventy-five percent. I mean, I think Odyssey and Sill have been like historically 
pretty yeah, pretty good, good free throw right? shooters, but been, yeah. it's just been recently. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and then like you mentioned, the the late game execution had been the sort of mm-hmm. like big problem, right? The offense was slow, but also like okay, let's the end of the game is a big problem, right? Yeah. All these games lost by just a couple of points and stuff like that. You know, they're definitely underperforming their net rating right now. They're like fourth in net rating. And sure, they're right in the middle of the league standings-wise, but it feels like they should have a couple more wins. Like mm-hmm. a couple of those bounce the wrong way. Um, so the execution thing is something that, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we haven't, you know, the Atlanta game was kind of a blowout, so that never really got into crunch time necessarily. Right. You know, and the Dallas game did and didn't turn out well, you know. <laughs> so it, that's going to be something I think to monitor all season and I don't know if that's something you can truly quote unquote figure out like it's sort of this For weird sure. thing this whole crunch time scoring thing is sort of a can you teach it you know type of thing I don't know uh, so maybe they'll just have to you know have a bunch of reps with that and, and, and figure it out but I think that's something that hopefully the team can also maybe it'll just be luck and it'll bounce back the other way a couple of those games they dropped maybe they'll they'll come out three points ahead on a couple of these mm-hmm. you know, generally that's how it works right you get down yeah. in the last couple of minutes of the game and if it's tied it's a 50-50 shot at that point, right? Like either right. team could win. It kind of comes down to really a coin flip at that situation. So it is good that they've they've got a couple more wins here, but that is something to keep looking for, I would say, here in the next couple of weeks is what does that crunch time stuff look like? For sure. But have you seen anything recently to sort of like give us hope for for that, that things might be turning around? Like I'm just wondering if like – because the transition thing, that you, that's kind of hard to point to because that has to come off stops and – I don't know that that has been that has been reliable for the Lynx, but the defense anyway. But what the problems are offensively come down to like it's a half court thing when the game slows all the way down. Can you get a bucket? And that can right. be hard for the Lynx. I think um, their turnovers wrote this down too, but they're averaging sixteen point nine a game, which is still the league worst. But it's um, down before. from yeah. I think it was like twenty yeah, almost twenty one or I something. Um, but now they're still averaging five and a half turnovers in the fourth mm. quarter. Um, which I mean, so that's a fourth of, I mean, that's a fourth of 16 and 0.9 would have been about four and a half almost. Ideally, you'd like to have that be your least. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Only but. three in that quarter, maybe. Um, and they have, um, let's see, they, they're shooting from the field in the fourth quarter, Mm. uh, which is 10th in the league. Yeah, not good. So, um, and that's compared to them shooting 44% from the field in the entire game, I think, which is second best in the league. Again, they're taking um, a few less um, field goal attempts than most teams. But, um, so I think it's just execution. And But I've also noticed... I think Reeve has talked about a couple weeks ago, maybe it was just a week ago now, I don't know. Um, just letting, she she said she's been coaching uh, Robinson a little bit differently um, than how she did start with the season and just letting her create the pace or set the pace and just run more. And that comes with more fast break opportunities and um, just getting players to be a little bit more free-flowing with the offense and not being so determined to run a play exactly how it's set and everything and just creating more offensive opportunities and getting more creative with looks and everything. Um, I think I've really um, enjoyed Danielle's game. I think it's improved since Reeve did mention that. Mm, She's currently, I I don't 
know how much we want to get into like advanced and, <laughs> and anything, yeah, but she's leading the team in um, net rating as far as wow. players who have been playing yeah. consistently. Um, but again, that I think that goes back to she's one of those players who's pretty pretty level headed throughout the game, um, pretty steady. So um, last night, I think she had seven assists. I yeah. want to say. Um, she had a pretty good game, especially the second half. She kind of set the pace there. But I think it just comes down to, I don't know, leaning on, again, that <laughs> it's pretty slim right now, but that veteran experience and just kind of just setting the tone for crunch time. And, again, like you said, it's pretty hard to really – practice how i know they've yeah. been like trying to simulate a lot of it but it's still not, right it's so different yeah. when you're not in front of a crowd it's and, gotta be so yeah. different yeah no but um i also brought this up but or i would like to bring this up i think i've been a little bit surprised at the few amount or the lack of touches sylvia's gotten again i think like last night, um, she was gotten foul trouble. I think she had, was she have 10 or 8 points in the first quarter? I can't yeah, remember. I think she had 10, yeah. And then she finished with 16. Yeah. Um, again, gotten foul trouble, and Elena Coates stepped up and had, I think, 10, 10 points, points yeah. and 9 yeah. rebounds or something yeah. like that. Yeah, great night. Um, but I would like to see Sylvia getting a few more touches. I was just looking at her averages, and um, I mean, she's shooting, she has the best field goal percentage on the team right now and she's um i think she has i can't remember what her usage rate was but it wasn't it's below odyssey and, yeah. and danielle yeah i've been following oh, that too sure. yeah yeah <laughs> um but her she's shooting she has like 10.6 field goal attempts um per game which is a little bit down from her career average so that's not huge but i just thought that this season being, um, I mean, former Maya, MVP yeah, yeah. without Maya, without yeah. Lindsay, without Rebecca, um, that those numbers would kind of hike up a little bit. Um, I know Reeve has talked about the team struggling to find the fine line between forcing it to her too much, which is which caused the 20 turnovers per game a little bit, yep. and then now um, not getting it to her enough. So I hope they find they kind of work that out and obviously it has to do with defenses changing throughout as the games progress and everything but um i know she's pretty unstoppable when she's yeah when she has a ball if you yeah. can get it to her but yeah that's that's the crux of that's the issue of having your best player be a paint only right exactly you know, post up back to the basket type of player is they can't bring it up and get into that you know what mm -hmm. i mean like this isn't I don't know. You can't. You you need to have the ball passed to you after you set up in in the paint. So it's this whole thing of the team. You know, the, the their opponents know that that's their best shot. The opponents know that that's what they're trying to do. So they're taking it away, and that to me is one of the biggest problems. Was one of the biggest issues with the Lynx offense last season, and this season it's kind of been some of the same story of swarming Sill and making her kick it or just denying her the ball to totally. Um, and it's sort of the Minnesota offense is going to be about what happens around Sill and can people shoot hit shots and can Odyssey and Danielle get into the paint and and or, or find her in pick and roll. So that is the big issue with the offense is that you're so limited when it has to be about Sill and right. she can't start with the ball. You know? And Sill is an amazing player, but if you watch her 
when she gets that double, triple team. Sometimes she can still score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes so, she'll just pivot through it. But if she brings it down, oh, yeah. it's... It's yeah, it's a strip or a turnover in yeah, some way, way, but yep. um, I don't know. So I'd just like to see them work with that more. I kind of wanted to ask Reeve about that yesterday, but then got sidetracked with all these injuries and yeah. uh, roster changes. But um, no, we'll see going forward. And Odyssey has the ball a lot in the fourth quarter, and it has worked out for her. Um few games this season yep. but she's a volume player though she's got right. she's gonna shoot 18 shots 19 right, shots right, 20 right. shots <laughs> she's gonna score it but it's gonna take her a lot of shots to get there but with the other thing with sill too i think that we have to always keep in mind is that even though the offensive struggles might be there like she's been very good defensively as she has been for her whole for career sure. like that part of it is always there the the sort of all-world defense um and and the, and the team although we're saying they're down to fourth now like still a very good defense still projects to be a top three defense all season um so you know even when sill is you know trending down and maybe frustrated on the offensive end she always brings that paint d and is always forcing people out and blocking shots around the rim and protecting the rim so that's something to kind of fall back on i think as if even though we might be frustrated by the lack of touches or the lack of sill in the offense the defense still (laughs) yeah no for sure it's it's so fun to watch her i remember against I think it when Phoenix came here and uh Brittany Griner like she just took Griner out of the game and got her super frustrated and that's it that's so fun to watch all right let's wrap things up by talking about the looking ahead here what's next for the Lynx um and it is a tough schedule is, is what we is what we have here so we'll look at the next seven games at Connecticut at Chicago at Atlanta home for Phoenix uh, home for Seattle, at Vegas, and then home for Washington. Uh, but that takes us into the All Star break here at the end of the month. So that is uh, murderer's row right there. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta. We just saw how bad they were the other day. That's uh, that's not too bad. But a lot of road games, a lot of high end playoff teams. Uh, you get Connecticut and Washington, who are kind of like the two far and away best teams right now. Um, they've risen above the morass. Um, so you know you got to play each of them. Um, you know Vegas is is looking good right now. Mm-hmm. Phoenix will have Tarasi back. Seattle's been consistent, so it's it's going to be rough and a lot of road games. So I don't know. I think the Lynx, especially with their injury situation, kind of have to hope to go 500 through this, right? Like that yeah. would be a good or to go four and three. <laughs> no, here for would, sure, here would, would be nice, especially with the roster inconsistency, like you just said. So I mean, I think. Connecticut and um, Chicago are on losing streaks right now, but nice. playing at home is a lot different, and um, we'll see. I mean, the Lynx blew out Chicago in their first game of the season, but yep. that feels like a lifetime ago, yeah, even it though May it was 25th, a month. I think, or something. <laughs> yeah. It was six weeks ago, but it feels yeah. like six months ago. And they've they've their defense has improved. Um, Chicago's has yeah. since then, and I don't know. I don't think fans should really take that game into too much consideration so um and i think as far as what we're looking to see from a team i'm hoping to see this transition trend continue um to me that is something that Mm -hmm. i think they've found that that can really there's no reason why they can't have that going forward no there's a lot of things with the setup with the half court offense that you might not be rely on but i think with their defense they can rely on fast break points yeah this is an athletic team and a young team they should be able to run um, 
I mean, still, still has talked about that since the start of the season, just how excited she was to be playing with these young players because they mm. got her moving more and brought some energy. So, yeah, like you I said, I hope to see more of I that. I also think it might be sort of a um, kind of, I don't know what the term would be, but sort of like reintegration period, I guess, because mm-hmm. you're going to be hopefully adding, you know, Dantas and, and Simone back from injury and then at least Temi, but maybe Temi and Chechi as well. So it might be rough sailing. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is yeah. hard to, to integrate new players in. But the good news is, is you kind of get it over with. And then hopefully maybe they spend this time bringing in these new players. Maybe you have some bumps along the way. But then post All-Star break for that that final third for the end of the season, maybe you're sitting pretty good at that point. Right. So again, if you can get to 500 by the All-Star, if you can kind of still be at 500 at the All-Star break, maybe that you know can really set the team up. Um, for some good things at the end for sure and I mean Washington's playing really well right now but I feel like this league is so wide open um, <laughs> Atlanta's probably at the yeah. bottom <laughs> Washington's at the top but in between it's I don't know it, who knows yeah yeah <laughs> anybody's game um cool Katie thanks for thanks for doing this thanks for inviting yeah. me into your home <laughs> it's been sounding so great throughout um what uh tell tell folks where where you uh, where they can find you online and what are you working on what are you gonna tease a piece or something like that what's going on i think i just had a piece come out oh. while we were actually recording oh. this so um nice. just kind of a roundup about just what we talked about today basically roster moves um what's next for the links and everything um, and i don't think i mentioned at the top but you write for the athletic <laughs> right i think i might have just said your name but uh, <laughs> No, so check out uh, The Athletic, just all the stuff The Athletic has been posting for the WNBA. I know we're um, slow to it compared to a couple of other sites, but there's some good stuff out there. Better late than never. Right. (laughs) And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, underscore Katie Davidson. So nice where I'm at. nice yeah go follow katie uh we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes of this episode so you can see it all very easily there and uh yeah links uh have uh have a tough schedule here before the all-star break but then we'll um have a break and we'll do another show and keep it all going it's been a fun season so far but uh katie thanks for joining us today thanks for having me <laughs>